2: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Two Ories Podcast. I am your host, James and I'm joined by my good friend Timmy Long. Hi everyone. Ron is on the deck. Say, Hi Ron. Hi Ron. We've got three ladies in the audience Yvonne, Eileen, and Eva. I got that right, didn't I? Yeah, Brilliant, brilliant. And we've a local man in the in the at the table with us today. Mark Payton from Grand Churchfield, Grand. Grand, Kilroyd, isn't it? Yeah. Rod. Yeah. Brilliant. Rory Roger. Pathalvi is originally from Arre Roger. He is. He's a podcast alumni. So, um, great to have you here. You're only back from the UK. Uh, that's where you're based at the moment. And you're 50 today, Mark. Huge yeah. congratulations. And happy birthday nice. to you, You don't yeah.
3: look 50. Thanks. He's uh-huh. a, a, really? a bit of a stud <laughs> as well, as if you're listening to this. 50, you, look, you look very, very glowy. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Thanks to me. Uh, uh, <laughs> I'll take that. That, that was the only the word that came <laughs> to my mind. So, <laughs> glowy was, I yeah. think, if it it's. Rowan.
2: Post now, Jordan the Week, right? Picture
3: of Timmy smiling (laughs) in quotations, (laughs) you look very (laughs) glowy. And we patent that T shirt. uh, -shirt. Oh Jesus. And I'm smiling into the camera here now on my bad side because I I lost my teeth last week. We won't get into that story. My wife is probably listening along, she's saying, Jesus, that man will say anything on camera, won't he? But I actually have a false tooth on the right side of my mouth. And I took him out the other day to do something. I can't remember where I put them. I can't find them. <laughs> and we're doing a, a documentary <laughs> with, uh, with Nationwide tomorrow. And I've no teeth on the right side of my mouth. And my wife will probably absolutely kill me. Probably in the it. condom
2: pocket of the jeans now in the washing machine. <laughs> <at home. laughs> or else it's somewhere on anyway. here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but look, we get away from Timmy's teeth yeah, and glory mouth <laughs> and stuff. But uh, we go way back, Mark. For the people that don't know you, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you were and where you're from, what it was like growing up?
4: Yeah, um, Mark Payton. Um They say I grew up in on Orrey Road in in uh, Granborough, um, number fifty two. And um, you know, I've, I've been talking to people like you know, you know, just reflecting on what it was like knowing that the, the podcast was coming up, like you know, and the, and and the thing about it is, my upbringing was, I'd say, privileged. Actually, you know, yeah, um, I was the youngest of fifteen children. Go away with that. Absolutely, yeah. Fifteen children. I I I'd, I'd um seven brothers, seven sisters. Fuck. Yeah. There was eight boys, seven girls in the family. Go away. Yeah. Not, not all at once. We yeah. didn't we, you know, above Norrie Road Council yeah. house, you know. Big ages.
2: Yeah. Big age, big gap, age gap you and the oldest.
4: Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um so there was there was always only I think I think the most the most that were ever in the house was I think eight. I think by the time I came along, it was it was sort of six. Yeah. So it was never, for, yeah. I never experienced more than six, like in the house, you know. Mm. But it was always a house that was, as you can imagine, full of life, you know. Mm. People <laughs> coming and going, <laughs> Busy house. <laughs> you know, yeah. In my case, yeah. Nieces and nephews, grandkids, yeah. My parents, grandkids, you know. Yeah. Um, Would you
2: have uh, nephews and nieces around your own
4: age? Believe it or not, I have a nephew that's older than me.
2: Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, because it's similar to my family. My mum's side, there's 11 of them. Nine girls, that's and two right. boys. Yeah. But my uncle Alan is younger than my brother Keith. Right. So well. That's right. <laughs> but yeah. That's the
4: way I was back was, in the day, wasn't right. it? Exactly. Big families, by fire out the kids. That's right. Exactly <laughs> that. Um, good old Catholic families, no contraception <laughs> and all that, you know. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, growing up, growing up in that environment, like you know, was them. Um, as I say, like I, I, I think it was privileged in a lot of ways because, um, you know, being the youngest, I would have been, I would have been, I'd say, even probably oversheltered yeah in a in a lot of ways you know we would you have been would you have been daughtered upon by the elders would you be the, 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 the typical baby of the or family typical like? baby of the family even you know even even like you know and so yeah it's a, yeah character. definitely yeah. De, you know particularly by my sisters you know yeah. yeah and and um you know the brothers were workers like and things like that like and uh but um would you go to school? I went to school in strawberry hill and then towns Maxine after that, mm. yeah, but um
3: Good school, Terence
4: McSweeney. Yeah, great school. But um and Strawberry Hill, absolutely. They do
3: great things in both of them schools,
4: don't they? James? Yeah, they don't know. Yeah, oh, yeah, they do what I say. Yeah, I mean, even even when I was going, like uh, Terence McSweeney, like was 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 forward thinking then. Like even mm-hmm. you know, I think it was there was a lot of competition between it and the man. Like yeah, and um, I mean you know when I look back, you know school was never high on my agenda at all. Like you know, mm. um even though as I said you know, growing up, growing up in a family like that was great in, in the sense, I mean, you know, we never had more than anybody, nor, nor less than anybody, if you know yeah, what I mean, it was just typical working class. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, and, and, uh, but like, you know, as I say, it was, it was, it was great. It was, my brothers and sisters were fantastic to me, like, you know, and things like that. But, you know, when, when you go on later on and. You know, when we get into the, the conversation, you know, as the conversation progresses here, oh, no, we'll know like that, or we can see that. You know, little things, even at that stage, started to sort of make me a bit restless, even as a young fella, like you know, yeah. and, and 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 you know, and I would have learned, like you know, doing the work on myself, self reflection, and education, and and and, yeah. you know, um, that you know, I would have started, like identity issues would have started to emerge, like, within, within my psyche, like, you know, mm-hmm. because I would have had, like, two brothers telling me do this, two brothers telling me do that, another guy telling me do this, and I wanted to be like him, and I wanted to be like him, and I wanted to be like him, you know? Mm-hmm. And Mark was getting lost, you know? Yeah. And, and how that manifested, like, was I started to become restless, you know? So, I mean, I did, you know, normal things as a kid growing up, as I said, you know, I I I played sports and and things like that. Like, but you know, as I said on on the whole self reflection piece, like years later, you know, and and obviously, you know, with the help of some some great people as well. Like, you know, along the way, um, you could, you know, I could really identify that Mark got lost mm. somewhere in all of that, and, and and um, how
3: did he get lost? How how did he get lost? What? What was starting to happen? Were you getting into trouble or we using drugs and drinking at a early age?
4: Yeah, yeah. Um well how it manifested to me like was I started I found it hard to settle in anything or doing anything. Mm. You know. School was, was was the first on the hit list. Lost all interest in school, you know. Um it was just the restlessness yeah. that started to emerge, you know, mm. um, homework, you know, like when I was younger, I was very good, you know, and I had the ability, but as I, you know, going into secondary school and then experimenting with
3: everything else, yeah,
4: with, with the drugs like, and uh, things like that. And, and, you know, that became more attractive then, then in the school Mm, and, and lessons and homework and things like that. And then started to get into trouble at school and just in the end, I just, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't present in any form and I just didn't apply myself at all, you know, Mm. and then I became destructive, constantly messing, Mm. you know, this sort of thing. Um, I mean, I sat, I sat in intersort because, you know, because I was, only because like, I was in the year for the intersort, yeah. you know, and I failed miserably, like, you know, yeah. and then soon after, like, you know, my poor father, like, God rest him, like, he was asked, like, you just take him out of school, like, you know, because he's just, he's just causing mayhem, like, in the place, you know, mm-hmm. and and that's the way it was, you know, and, um, and, and that continued, that just continued then, you know, and then um, did you no. finish school after the junior sort, the inter I did, yeah, I did. Did, I did you go working? I, I tell you what happened. I was lucky enough that um, one of the brothers had a, had a friend that uh, he was a plastering contractor, and uh, the Cavaners they are from the north side, plasterers. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, another man actually who was very good to me as a young as a young fella was in old neighbour of yours, mm-hmm. uh, Nicky Cavanagh, yeah. and, uh, yeah. and 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 Nikki kind of took me under his wing. Yeah. And um, so I was, I, I think I served a couple of years with the Cavanas as an apprentice. And um, but what happened, I suppose, between that um, and, 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 you know, I suppose I was, I was just starting to, to get a bit of stability, really, like, you know, where I was interested in something that I was doing. And, and of course, I had a little bit of independence and, yeah. and that was helping with the identity stuff. You know, because I was getting a few bob. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And 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 I wasn't. I wasn't asking everybody at home. Yeah. Do you know? if it Was a few bob for this You'll and a few bob, an bob for that. Independence. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So 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 that was helping in that sense. But like you know, just to go back to the independent, you know, the identity thing, because for a second, because it it, it really paints a picture, like in terms of you know how 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 things really collapsed was the only true stability I had in the, in the home, which never changed was in the person of my mother,
3: Mm.
4: you know? And, and, and she was the one anchor, like that wasn't moving and, and who I completely trusted. And, and, you know, I just, you know, that, that was the rock, like that I, that I, you know, Mm. I continue was, I was able to break myself against all the time. Yeah you know, and, and it was, it, she was unwavering, like, you know, mm. in her love for me and, mm. in, you know, and things like that, like, you know, and she passed away suddenly, just as I started um, the, the, uh, the apprenticeship. What yeah, age remark? you, 16. Sorry to go that boy. Yeah, I, I was, I just turned 16 and that all oh, bets were off after that, like, mm. that, that was it, like, you know, I, I, I crumbled that's your structure like I, crumb- st- I crumbled as a, as a as a person like you know mm-hmm. and um, that yeah, one no. consistent adult that you completely trusted is has gone you're only a young
2: that's man right. finding your way in the world that's right all uh, of that all of that yeah. all these things that we would consider like um do you know determinants of addiction and negative life outcomes are happening at this time do you know what we would call adverse childhood experience and traumas and all these things that's you know? right isn't it great when we get education? We get to put language on our experiences, and begin to interpret you know, our experiences and understand them.
4: But when you're living it, it's just devastation. That's right. And you're just reacting all the time, aren't you? Exactly that. Exactly that. And and that 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 rebellious restlessness just went out of control. Really, in a, in a, in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Even though even though like you know I, I I got some great opportunities in life afterwards. That restlessness, you know, and and that sort of self-destructive kind of way Um it stays with you in different
3: ways doesn't it it moves from one thing to another thing that's to right to another thing to another
4: thing that's oh. right that's right exactly that to me like mm. you know you know I struggled like with relationships mm. I struggled with jobs you know and 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 then I I would have sort of you know things that I would have been once interested in they went then as well mm. you know mm so it was like a, a, a constant spiral like of um i suppose trying to find myself yeah really yeah you know and 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 i used to share um i used to share like in 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 you know later on like when I, when i got into recovery like i ended up traveling wanting to i i'd go i was in i was in jersey island um soon after my mother passed away and um working as a, as a plastering improver, like I was just 17. And and I was there and, um, you know, and that was great for a while. And then I had to move somewhere else, you know. I had a brother in America. I went to visit him and I stayed there. That wasn't good enough. I had to go somewhere else. The demographic, they call it. The, economy, the <laughs> geographics. The geographic. And as I, as I you know, as, as I discovered later on, you know, the first person like that I met when I got off the plane each time was myself, mm-hmm. the head follows like you know, and I didn't know who I was, you know, and I was yeah. constantly running from myself, not knowing that you know mm-hmm. you know, and you mentioned the education, James, you know, I mean, later on, when I got the opportunity to go back to to education you know and 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 as I said, with the help of some great people like who you've had on this podcast, actually, yeah. you know. Um, helped me through a lot of stuff and 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 to get back to to where I am in a lot of ways. But um, you know the education piece was was you know really pivotal to to understanding and creating an awareness. Um, for and as you mentioned earlier, for how that knowledge of of that working model that you'd ha- that you would know mm. as a person mm. shifts. Mm. You know, and, 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 and when that, when that happens, then it affects your perception on life, you know, and how you see things and how you see people, you know, and, and, and how that manifested for me was, I, I developed a, a sort of a, a mindset that if you, if I thought you liked me or if I thought you loved me, if you were a, if you were a girl, like for example, you were gone, mm. you were gone then like you were you know you were pushed to the side and you were kept at arms length that that's how it manifested that's that's how i started to dealt Cause, with because you know? cuz you know what it's like to get close to somebody
2: and to be half broken that's so right so to avoid that ever happening again if you ever felt you're getting close to somebody you're pushing them away 100%
3: bags are always at the door just ready for you to the minute it gets serious and there's a responsibility comes a little bit the bags are just by the door Pick them up when you're gone. I can completely relate to that. I love that
4: analogy, Tim, yeah. you know, yeah. um, because, you know, um, it, that's so true. And, and that was the case. Yeah, You know, it was always, you know, <clears throat> I went into treatment, like, at one point for six months, you know, in a residential um, centre up the country. And there was a counsellor there who later became my supervisor when I trained as a counsellor myself. And he and he used to say it to me all the time, you know. Take your foot in from the door, mm. <laughs> and I never, of course, my head like was so chaotic. Yeah. I had no clue what he was saying, you know. Yeah. But that's so true. Yeah. I had one foot in the door all the time, you know, ready to
3: go, ready to go. The Identity, you know, it's, it's this. it's just it, it it runs with the identity. Not sure, not sure who you are. The one for in, the one for out. That's you right. know, one is entities here, one is there. It's just, it's, it, and you said it yourself. You were never settled. That's right. And the settlement isn't is, is an internal thing, and you and I'm sure you know that because I can see how calm you are now and relaxed, and mm-hmm. and just you seem like you're really centred. No, but I can completely relate to that because it's like it's like a bunch of wild mustangs mm-hmm. running across. Wasteland, Not knowing where they're going, but they're constantly going. That's right. And they're just all over the shop. Timmy's you know a great it? man
2: for the analogies today. Fantastic. Yeah. Fucking I, mustangs love them, I, love them, I love them. But <laughs> you know when you, were, when you were talking there, and <laughs> the wild Mustangs and the you know what it reminded me of? You know when I first started linking them with the Corker Vicky used to come up to the prison when I was young for now. <laughs> and she used to say to me, uh, like, I was fed up with drugs from an early age. Yeah. I wanted a different life, but I never <laughs> felt like... I could actually, didn't have the belief that I could actually do it, but she used to say to me, what does the drugs do for you? What do they do for you? Mm. I didn't want, I could give up the heroin, the alcohol, but the thought of giving up the tablets. Mm. I thought Mm. I could never do it. Mm. She says, what does it do for you? And all I could say was, it just makes everything calm. (laughs) It just makes everything Mm. calm. (laughs) But when you're talking about that unease, that, it's not about the oil must, that, isn't it? But when you take the Valium or Xanax or Popple House, just everything is Mm. just, Manageable, isn't it? That's yeah. right. And but that's all we want is mm-hmm. just take away that madness inside right. us, you know, and that kind of discontentment. Do you know what I mean? Disease, and, and and all we're looking for disease. then is looking something to take that away and when you don't have the other coping skills, you use what's available to you. Mm. And the way we are we say here, mm. if we didn't have the drugs at the time, probably would have taken my life because mm. I tried that mm. too. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So mm. at least we had something. Yeah. But then after a while, that springs and so on. consequences. How bad, how bad did it get for you before you started to look at maybe moving away from that type of a life?
4: Well, I mean, it, you know, I suppose the, the, the uh, criminality was never really, um, you know, at, it was never really an issue for me. Um, you know, as I said, I held down jobs, even though I was job hopping all the time. Yeah. You know, um, but I remember like, I, I returned to Cork um, after being away, like traveling, traveling, running away from myself for a few years, you know, and I came back to Cork eventually and, um, the, you know, there was a, there was a big drug scene had yeah. emerged in Cork. Yeah. You know, and this, well, yeah, are we talking? this, this is around 95, early 96 that way. Yeah, Ecstasy. And, yeah. Yes. It was a wild, wild time. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes. And mates that I had known from years ago, you know, they were fairly high up like in in in, in the drugs trade, you know. And uh of course, initially it was just a social thing for me. Mm-hmm. Meet up with the lads. I haven't seen them for years, how are you getting on? Where were you at This, that, the whole lot, you know? And it was all party central. Yeah. You mm-hmm. know? And um and i think that's that's that was the start of the end really for me like you know because um um it was it was easy for me i suppose i was working when i came back but at that stage then i couldn't get up without taking something i couldn't go to bed without taking something mm. and thinking back there were Times of the day where I had to take something too, yeah. just to keep me going, like you know. Let it be up or down, mm. you know, and and that didn't last. Yeah, and in the end, I wasn't able to work. I just wasn't able, you know. Yeah. I couldn't hold on a job at all, mm. like, you know. And of course, on the surface, you know, I suppose for anybody because you know I've had family members like, and, you know, they would say you know things like, "But sure, you you don't have addiction, right?" Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, you you go out, like, and, you know, and things like this, like, you know, you you go out and you enjoy yourself and, you know, things like that on the surface, you know, and sure they're all doing that, like, and, do you know what I mean? Mm. And this sort of thing, you know, but, um, but, you know, I mean, the, 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 I suppose the symptoms were, were, were manifesting, like, Mm. you know, the, the, the unmanageability in my life, you know, couldn't manage anything, yeah. you know, um, it's an attractive lifestyle as well. Well, isn't it? Well, yeah. the thing is, you know, the lads that I knew, and it, and in the positions, they were in, like, I mean, I was looking on, I would never have a penny in my pocket, mm-hmm. and the lads were rolling it. Like, yeah. Did you fall into the dealing? I did, yeah. But, you know, takes a bit of time though to kind of yeah fall
3: into that yeah you're you're firstly buying drugs and then you can't afford mm -hmm. the habit this this the strength of the habit you have anymore and the only way to feed the habit then is is actually getting involved in it yourself isn't it and um i suppose when you get involved in it then yourself like you're just taking quantities of
2: drugs it never ends well no matter who you are And you look at, like, um, no matter what kind of a drug dealer you are, and we look at the Kinnahans Mm -hmm. at the moment, Mm -hmm. there was always going to end like this. That's right. It always ends in prison or death. Yeah. Even for the most powerful drug dealers, you know. That's right. So, and how did it end for you? I want to give you plenty of time for your recovery side, which is important to you. That's right. So, like, the ecstasy, lost the jobs, not able to hold on the job, started
4: dealing. Did you get caught? I did, Yeah. you know, within 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 a short space of time, too. Mm. Actually, you know, it was it was only sort of like I was only up and going about I think about a year and a half mm. or so. You know, even though I was known to the guards because I've been hanging around the scene. Yeah, do you know what I mean? I would have been known as as mm. somebody like if you would have asked any guard wrong, like they would have told you, oh, sh- "That man has a serious problem." Like you know, yeah. you know, and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But it was short lived. You know, about a year and a half I'd say is all, is all I got out of it. Do you know? And um from a monetary point of view, I got nothing. Uh. Thank, Do you know? Thank God. Yeah. A year and a, you know Absolutely. When,
3: you, when you look back at the, the amount
4: of trauma that comes that's right
3: with somebody in addiction. That's right. You know, um the faster it kinda happens and and you get old of it, mm. the better. Like if something bad might have happened, you might have got caught. You might have had an, 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 or, an overdose, you know, or whatever. But something happens and he said, I can't. This is not the life of me anymore. Mm. But you, you think your world is ending at the time. Yeah. But actually, when you go on in your life and you look back, mm. it's the actual godsend in your life that has mm. stopped you in your tracks. You know, even if you got
2: 10 years out of it mm. and you made a rake of money, mm.
3: Mm.
2: what quality of life do you actually have? The paranoia. Do you know what I mean? Always looking over your shoulder, not being able to trust nobody. Like, that's not worth it, the money at all. Like.
4: It, it's 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 unbelievable, actually, you know, mm-hmm. because, like, you know, I mean, it's 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 just, like, the chaos, you know. And, I mean, <laughs> if I thought it was bad beforehand, yeah. I, I mean, I was, I was definitely a basket case now, like, you know, because, as you said, I had to look over my shoulder. Mm-hmm. I had to deal with potential whatever was coming around the corner, you know, um, and things like that, you know. So, so you know, I was... And, and you know, you're right, Tim, you know, I agree with you. Like, I thank God, actually, you know, because um, even though <clears throat> I got caught, I received a hefty prison sentence, yeah. you know. Um, I was sentenced to 12 years, you know, for a possession charge. Uh, Fucking hell. And uh, I, I was sentenced to 12 years and... Um, I was, um, I was given the opportunity to, I was given bail for the, opp- for the opportunity to go to treatment. Mm. And of course, I was a very clever fella thinking, this is, this is my, this is my way out.
2: Yeah.
4: Right. Not believing for a second that I had an issue. Yeah. With, with, with drugs or alcohol. Mm. And of course, when I was accepted into the treatment centre. That's, that was the beginning of life for me. Mm. That, was the start of yeah. my, my, that was the start of my recovery. It was the start of life as I know it now, mm. you know? And um, I mean... You went to treatment before prisons? So. I did. I did, yeah. I did, yeah. So, and and you, you got the recovery process then? That's right. What okay. treatment did you do? That's right. I did... Um, it, was a, it was a sort of um, a branch off a of Coal Mine Lodge at the time. Okay. Up in um, Sale, no, a Coal Mine... I was due to go to Coal Mine Lodge. They were full. They couldn't take me. And there was another crowd, as I say, there were there were it was a branch off Coal Mine Lodge, place called Sail Nua up in Port Arlington. Oh, all right, yeah. And um residential centre. Yeah. And uh I ended up going in there for six months. And was hard. The hardest thing I ever did. It's deadly, isn't it? Mm. The hardest thing I ever did. Mm. You know, because um you know I mean the denial, like, was very strong on me, you know? And my agenda was wrong. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. My agenda was, I'm in here to get off this sentence, like... <laughs> do you that's, know
3: what I mean? Whole, that's, uh, that's how it works for every single fella like uh, You know? They think that the yeah, old treatment centre is going to get him off of prison. You know? It doesn't work
4: like that. But sometimes you get it along the way. And And what happened was, for the first time since I was a young boy... I gained an awareness mm-hmm. of, of what was going on. And for me, awareness is the key. Mm-hmm. I mean, as we all know, addiction is a very complex issue. Yeah. You know, and and it's not easily solved. Mm-hmm. But if you're to have any chance or hope, you have to gain an awareness of who you are, why you're doing what you're doing, you know. And, and behaviours that you have to change. Exactly. You know, and and so... So, so that's what happened. Yeah. And even though you know the the what happened was when I came when I came down to court, I mean I got a bit of a fright, like when I got twelve years, mm. especially after doing the treatment. Do <sighs> you know? And so um, you didn't get anything suspended, or he didn't reduce it, or anything like that. No, no fucking hell, nothing. No twelve years. That was that it. was harsh, wasn't it? It was. It was at the time. Have you ever been to prison before that? No, no, never. Fucking hell, Mark. no, never, never in trouble before that. Never in trouble on paper. I mean, yeah, I had yeah, no, no I had previous, previous Yeah, exactly. I had no previous convictions. Did uh, you appeal it or anything? I did. And what happened on the appeal... Um, I'm trying to get it right. I was given leave to apply for a review after six years. Mm. Yeah. So that's what I received. Mm. They gave me a, a leave to apply... After, after six years. After six years for, for
2: a court review. That was... Um, <laughs> my dad, he got seven years in 98... he he does review after four right they don't do the reviews anymore okay 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 Uh, they don't do but he was doing for drug drug sentences back there's a new thing
3: in now though it's um it's what is it um some ips scheme there where if a prisoner is good Mm. and he's behaving well and he's doing what he's he's getting into education and he's rehabilitating He'll be put into an open prison mm. and he will get half his sentence. Okay. Instead of doing three quarters, he'll do half. So okay. if you're doing seven, you'll do three and a half. Okay. Instead of five. Okay. You will know, for half remission yeah, if you're playing yeah, yeah, a new system. You up, have yeah. to be on an enhanced regime and okay. then you want it's but but it doesn't end at that then. Mm. You're put back out into the open they're through community service. Every day, okay. You know, if you haven't got a job, right, you have to be interacting with probation services, and it's thorough. Yes, and have to be signing on once a week inside the prison. Yeah. Sure, sure. You know,
2: you know, this podcast is shown in a lot of the prisons in Ireland. Yeah. You know, so for the lads that are watching, what what
4: prisons did you go to? Where did you settle? What was it like for you? Yeah, yeah. No, and and, and do you know what? When when I mean I would know that you know, and 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 then when this opportunity came. I don't even know if I thanked you, but <laughs> anyway, thanks. Don't worry. You well, know, because well, thank you. simply thank you. because like that's, that's such an important part of um, what I'm about these days, you know, and yeah. um, my heart is for helping people, you know, yeah. um, and, um, you know, you know, I'm a Christian now, and, yeah. you know, to, you know, to, to, I suppose to follow the example of the person of Jesus Christ, like, you know, who came to, say, to save and to serve the lost, you know, which I was like, you know, and uh, it's so I really... So I really get that, you know. But to answer your question, James, um, I was sentenced to Cork Prison. Um, I was soon transferred after that to Wheatfield in Dublin. Yeah. And I served the remainder of my sentence in Wheatfield. Um, I was given... Um, they let me go into uh, the training unit, at Mount Jai, yeah. Uh for the last few months of the sentence. And uh, I mean, you know... I mean, it's a a different culture, you know, prison, you know, you have to, for for someone like me who had never been there, Mm, you know, I I remember the chief of staff, like, you know, chief of the guards, like one day saying to me, keep your head down, you know. Later, you know, and I had to, that didn't resonate with me, Mm. do you know what I mean? You had to learn to keep your head down. And... At you the know? same time as
3: keeping your head down, you have to learn to deal with what's going on internally for you because absolutely you're you're you're, you're hyper vigilant. You're completely you're watching everything that's going on around you because you could potentially be attacked mm. at any moment. That's right. You know if you've any conflict on the outside and, and that's right. Like if you're somebody that had a lot of uh, conflict with different people on the outside, you're yeah. going in there. Yeah. Trying to keep your head down, but it's not as easy as that. Because if you have somebody that's looking to fucking harm you, that's right. you cannot keep your head down. You have to protect yourself. And, that's right. And, and it, it, it's 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 easier said than actually done. Do you know what I found
2: very difficult about residential treatment? Do you know, when you come from uh, the north side, which can be a tough area to grow up, do you yeah. know, and the drug scene and streets and prison you learn a so set of behaviours that help you cope with that environment mm. and then in residential treatment you six months to unlearn that because yeah, it's very right. but like you did the six months
4: residential that's but right. now you're back into that negativity but you see you see this is the thing like in, in that like I, I, I for the first time you know since I was a young boy like as such it was the first opportunity I had to be completely clean mm mm-hmm. And that was in prison. Damn. So I had to learn to sort of cope without anything and cope with this environment, you know, mm. in, in my complete senses, like, you know, and... Um, Get to know yourself. No hiding place. <laughs> no hiding place, you know. <laughs> but, but, but I, I, I relapsed. Um, I relapsed. I was on a landing um, above in 10F in Wheatfield and the who's who... Of 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 the Dublin sort of criminal fraternity and Limerick, all on this. If you were serving more than ten years, you could, you had to be serving more than ten to go on this landing. And of course, I'm in I'm in the de- I'm <laughs> deep inside. You know, I mean? I'm in the depth of it, like yeah. above there, like you know what I mean. And party central again every Saturday night, like mm. you know, you 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 you'd more you'd more of everything in there than what you had o- outside, like you know. Yeah. And um, but. The thing about it is, and I heard this, and you might be familiar with this, that, you know, a head full of awareness Mm -hmm. and a belly full of substances. Mm -hmm. Not a good mix. Not a good mix. You know, and as well as that, because the clean time I had, and again, the fantastic family that I had, you know, you know, for the six year olds, believe it or not, like that I was in Dublin, like. I never went to order of a visit mm. on a weekly basis. That's brilliant, isn't it? You know? That that was, that's the yeah. kind of family amazing. that I have, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. And um and I was looking at them coming coming up and, and I was I was going back into the old ways. I was going out like and I was lying to them, you know. Yeah. Oh sure, things are great. Do you know what I mean? I'd be going up to the school now, like and you know, this, that, like and I was telling them lies, you know. And I had too much awareness at that point. Mm. So you know, the what happened to me then was I I um I got an opportunity to do my junior sort, which I passed with honours. For a player. My leaving sort, which I passed with honours. And I was as a result of that then the education I did a, a an entry sort of level course then to addiction studies. And then of course, because I was able to I had the space to apply myself. And uh, you know it it changed my perception again, and you know it it really helped me to become you know what I am today really exactly. you know yeah. and uh soon after i i just the, you see the teachers then above in the school like they they tend to rally around people who are you know who are trying and yeah. who want to get on and things and they opened them um, they opened the drug free unit above there and I remember there was a couple of teachers like, um, they were saying to me, "Look, Mark, you'll be ideal like for this, you know, and things like that." And and I kind of befriended them. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? They, they they were they were my own age, like, and they were they were they were sound, like, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them, and I, I and I know from listening to the podcast him that that you're familiar with meditation yeah. and things yeah. like that. You know, and I I did a couple of courses like on stress management, and and um, meditation. Yeah. You know. And that would have been, that would have been a bedrock for me throughout the rest of the sentence. Yeah. Meditation, um, and uh, of course the 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 study was was the mainstay then as well. That that became part of, um, you know, filling my time like you know, and um, so I suppose the long story short was I, I applied then and I and I, I I I was um I got onto the drug free unit, uh, above there where you had it was you know very strict regime, in terms of. Um, you had to uh, you had to submit at least three uh, urines a week that were that were clean you know yeah and um, and that's what I did do
3: you think you'd be the man you are today if you didn't go to prison and get a break away from your environment that you were brought up around you know and having to be a certain way and being and just going to the pub and going to work yeah but up there like it gives you a break away from all that you can you got your education you started to do all these meditation courses, personal
4: development. Mm. Would you have like, done um, any of that if no. you were an hourly road? Like? Like I mean, wouldn't
3: have.
2: <clears throat> At that stage, you never know, really. You know, no.
4: well, I, I, I... To be quite honest with you, lads, you know, I, I've, I've done a lot of the self-reflection mm-hmm. stuff, you know, um, as well as the personal development on a, on a continuous basis, mm-hmm. really, you know, over, I suppose, nearly 15, almost 20-year period now. Mm-hmm. You know, and... um. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. I was
3: just going to say it was a godsend in my life.
4: It was the best thing um, that ever happened to me getting that sentence. Mm, you know,
3: I've often been a hallmark, um, and I, I've I've mentioned this before. I never in my whole lifetime felt so secure and behind a prison door, and it gave me a great bit of peace in my life knowing that I had 18 hours a day to kind of get to know who I was whereas I wouldn't have at home because I had a young family but also it just there has been times since I've been out of prison that I've actually uh, said you know I wouldn't mind fucking be behind that door again Mm. but I just just have a bit of that little bit of peace that I had back then no responsibilities or anything like that you can't hide there then either. No. You can't. No. Um But it, it it gave me exactly what I needed in my life around that time. You know, it gave me an education like yourself, mm. meditation. Yeah. You know, I got therapy. Mm. And it was my early introduction to who I was as well because I'd look in the mirror and I had no idea yeah. who I was. None. No. no. hated the person that looked back. Sure. sure. You know, I had no clue, you know, and um, it's like... You're reborn. You just mentioned awareness. The first glimpse of awareness you have, that's your moment in life when you're born.
0: Hold up.
3: Because you were shut off at a young age, mm. because of a certain circumstance, mm. I
4: woke up at that time.
3: Yeah, you know, and, yeah, and I can completely relate to yourself yeah. and a lot of your
4: story, Yeah, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, and again, you know, I, I can, I can completely identify with that as well. You know that there is a certain sort of, um, I suppose, stability or security when you're, you know, because you, you've only got yourself behind mm. the door. You know, and and you know, you have no responsibility as such because well, you can't. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know you can't. There's not a whole lot you can do even if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong; I wouldn't swap it today. Yeah. You know, but but I completely identify with 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 that yeah. to me. You know, um, and um but yeah, you know, as a result of you know, I suppose just a as a result of the drug free um, status then that I yeah. had, I was able to. Um, they gave me the, the training unit, um, Mount in Mount Joy. which, which, which meant, you know, you, you, you weren't locked up till nine o'clock at night. Um, a lot more freedom, really, you know, um, you, you know, you were out all day, you, you know, there were other courses, you know, in computers and things like that that I took. Um, and, um, and then eventually I, I, I was, I was given a day release program, you know, um, the one thing that always strikes me, I never forget about going in there actually, um, I don't know if you've experienced this but it was going from the utensils, from the food, <laughs> the plastic utensils yeah. from the main prison environment and when you go in to the, to the semi-open or the, the less, I suppose the more relaxed environment, they let you have the steel the fork and knife again. Mm. I Couldn't get used to it. Mm. <laughs> I was about two weeks. I, I couldn't. I do you know what I, mean? I, yeah. I found myself picking up the food and everything. I couldn't get used to the steel in my yeah. mouth, you know, mm. and uh, things like that. You it's know, it's a big
3: change, isn't it? For going from the, yeah. you know,
4: me in prison, you can you, yeah. you
3: you went to Shelton, I Shelton Abbey, Abbey yeah. But I, I'll tell you a quick story about my own transfer from the Midlands down to Shelton Abbey, mm. and um, I was inside and the, the sweat box, the sweat box is the prison van with another guy mm. and they were bringing us on down to Shelton. Now I thought we were going to Shelton, now the two of us, mm. next we pull up outside done drum the mental, the, 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 <gasps> the state mental institution and I said, God, there must be something wrong with me here. I thought they were pretending to be sending me onto a fucking open prison to get me down to Dun drum because I was mad. Yeah, yeah. That's how fucking mad I was. Like, I know what was going on. Yeah. I was sitting in the back of the bus and saying the pastors are after tricking me into this place. There was another fella there. I And I thought and, oh, What a fucking relief When we were driving back Out that gear I got to Shelton Abbey I was like wet <laughs> <laughs> My clothes were ringing Because yeah. I actually literally thought course, I was going to have to Lose my mind Because I was yeah. so mad At the time Even I know. though I was Recovering I know From I know. trauma and, know. and all the stuff In my life But fucking hell That's right Going into The yeah. open prison And walking around The gardens of Shelton Abbey Which are absolutely Divine Yeah yeah. It was an amazing experience. I yeah. yeah. um, when
2: when my dad went from <laughs> cock to the, the training unit. Yeah. To, uh, as a child, experience in that, mm. at least in the training unit, like you had contact That's visits. Right. You That's right. That's right. In a room, there's no officers looking at you. It was way more humane, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Ah, uh, definitely. Yeah. Um, no dogs. Yeah. No. <laughs> no. no. And none, and <laughs> yeah, the officers don't wear a uniform.
4: Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. All in the you know what age civ- civ- civilian clothing. Like what age
2: were you when you went in?
4: To prison. First I was. Day. I was
2: twenty eight. Mm-hmm. And what age were you when you were getting out? I was. I suppose.
4: I got 34. out. I, I was thirty four. Yeah, I was thirty four. Mm-hmm. Um, I was. I, I'm trying to remember now. I think it was July thirty. Yeah, t- yeah, in July in two thousand six, was was when I was released from from the circuit court in Cork. You know, mm. and um,
2: what was life like when you got out?
4: Very very difficult, James. Mm. Very difficult. It is, but I. I I learned how to. I learned how to cope in a, in a, in a, in a clean, um, way, but I learned that inside and I know I had to learn it outside, you know, and it, it was really, really difficult, you know, I was, I was terrified, I was absolutely terrified, you know, again, for, for, for family and friends, you know, who, you know, who want the best for you. You know, I was being invited out. Oh, I should have a pint, and we haven't seen you like, and this and that. You know, and yeah. um, and and then, of course, you know, I just I found myself then getting frustrated with people. You know, and um, and for the most part, really, like the only word I could put on it, like, was I was just terrified. Yeah. I, I was terrified to go into a pub. I didn't want to socialize. You know, because I said to myself. I didn't have to say it to myself. I knew, I knew, because of where I'd been. How it changed me as a person, you know, for the good, in in the sense that I had been clean and had gained an awareness that I never had. But also, that experience scars you in a way mm. that I, for, for for me, you'll never lose it, you know, in in, in 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 just just by virtue of the experience, you know. You mentioned it being behind the door, being locked up for 18 hours a day, is not natural, you know. No. And just, just if if you've never seen anything take place in prison, if you never had an encounter in any kind of violent way, um, which unfortunately I did, but if you had never experienced anything like that in prison, by the, by the very virtue of, you know, what it's, you know, mm. developed to do. But when you think
2: you know? about it, like, you're told... Where to eat, when to eat, you're given the food, yeah, like uh, three times a day. That's right. So now all of a sudden you have free choice. Yeah. And we're like, what do you do with all that choice? Like well, that's right. when do we eat? who's all opening the door for me? Do I have to buy the food, I cook it myself, do you know? That's right. These are the things like that you have to experience. You for know, six years is not a small amount of time. No. You have know, develop so much as a human, you've learned all these coping skills to deal with your emotions mm-hmm. and stuff, that's but right. no
4: coping skills for actually living in the real world. <laughs> exactly. And and that's it that's you nailed it there James you know um but look what I did was you know I I I, um I continued with 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 treatment um or it wasn't treatment but it was like um like an aftercare program and and then I I, you know did the whole fellowship thing and yeah and, and, and and met some great people like you know who were very very helpful you know um you know, we spoke there earlier on. We mentioned Sheila. Mm. Sheila kindly our the very our
2: very first guest. You know, and instrumental in
4: all our lives at the table. Do you know, if you don't mind, like I'd love to give Sheila a shout. Like no, you know, 100%. because um, no. Sheila was just amazing, and yeah. the Carcoline Center is is a fantastic resource, like yeah. for for people you know yeah, yeah. Who, who've come from where we've come from. You know, and um, so you know thanks to Sheila and the staff there, like, you know. and am here yeah.
2: doing a bit of filming with myself and Timmy tomorrow. Okay. And as part of it, we're going to go in with Sheila and do okay. a bit of filming there. Yeah. But like we did in it, we did a hundred podcasts there last week in the Lord Mayor's Chamber with Dan O'Leary from the Life Centre yeah. and Katrina Tomey penny dinners. But the work Sheila does is is equally important. Absolutely. But it doesn't have to acknowledge acknowledgement because right. it's for prisoners. That's right. But prisoners are just people like us. That's right. Just regular people that happen then not in prison. That's right. Not like... Fred West that's and right. Charles Manson, just regular people, just regular people from you know working class areas. Exactly, that, they're Jim. not in yeah. prison. Exactly, and they deserve that. all the charity and the second chances as well. Well, will well
4: they do? Will they do, James? You see, and that's just it. Like you know, um, and and you know, I suppose as I as I continued like in, in recovery, um, you know, giving back became a very important thing to me. Giving back, like you know, and and you know, so you know. I trained and, and, as I said, I went up to UCC and I interviewed in UCC and I was accepted onto their, um, it was a part-time diploma I did up there in, in community-based guidance. And, um, and then I went on after that and I interviewed with Arbor House Treatment Services for their addiction counselling programme. Yeah. And I trained in that and I was awarded their diploma. And, um, and I, work, I got a job then. I, I got a job, actually, um, above and um above and far in a, in a, in a young person's project. Um, adolescence became my interest because of, I suppose the life cycle that I became aware of and how vulnerable Mm. that life cycle is, you know? And I wanted to, I wanted to work in that area, you know? And, um, I got a job and I was up there like for almost five years Mm. and the the project, the funding was cut during, during the economic crash, you know? Yeah. 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 And, um, so that kind of ended my time in, in, in that environment. Um, did you enjoy the work? I loved it. Yeah. I did. I loved it. I got very involved. It was, it was a program called the Strengthening Families Programme. That's right. Yeah. I've done it. Um, fantastic program to me, you know, yeah. um, I, was inv- I was involved in that. And then I set up parents groups as well, um, where I'd facilitate, um, mothers say like on a Tuesday evening, and fathers on a, on a, on a Thursday mm-hmm. evening. And, um, and to be fair, like it was a tier two project, meaning you never really see the fruit of your labor, yeah, yeah. you know, it's sort of doorstep stuff, mm. you know, you have young people coming into you like, you know, and I mean, you know, th- th- their lives are chaotic, you yeah. know, for one reason or another. And, uh, you know, one story, if I just share this quick, quickly, quickly yeah. before we get into the, to the, my, my conversion was I got married, um, in in um, I better get this right. I just thought about <laughs> it. Choose your, ne- your next words carefully. <laughs> <laughs> this right now, you know, um, in 2012, and um, you know to uh, to Lisa, beautiful wife that I have, you know, and uh, so we got married, and our reception was above in the Montanari Hotel, and you know, a year later, they give you they invite you back, and they give you a free night. That's right. Yeah. You know, if you if you have the wedding with them and this and that, and um. We were there, so we came back, we, we, we had moved to the UK and we came back for our, our, our free night and our breakfast and that. Okay. And we were there and, we you know, we were relaxing at the breakfast the following morning anyway. And uh, um, there was a girl, you know, waitress, and she was just coming and going, coming and going, you know, and chatting away. And, and, and she stopped and she said to me, um, Mark, you don't know me at all. And I thought about him. I thought it was one of my daughter's friends or something, you know. I said, uh, I'm sorry. I said, I don't. I, don't. I, went, oh, I said, I recognise you, all right, you know. She said, um, you helped me and my mum, she said. She said, when, when we thought, like, that life was over for both of us, you helped us, you know. Yeah. And even now seeing it, like I guess, mm. yeah. because... It's like yeah. That's why you got into the job in the first place, is to have that type Do you of know what I account, mean? Isn't it? But, like, when you're in a job so long... You don't see the fruit of your labour. You can't
2: see it straight away. No. No. You can't see it straight away.
4: You know, a few years on, Mm. you know, and and to hear something like that, Mm. you could have knocked me over with a feather, like, you know. Amazing feeling. I mean, it it just, because let's face it, the job doesn't pay that well. You know, it's not a great paying job or anything like that. You know what I mean? But when you, I tell you, when you hear that from a young person, like, and she said, I'm in college now. And the more she was telling me, the more I was welling up, you know. And, and the, the, the more the more self-work you have in yourself. You know, Tim. It's amazing. You, like. you couldn't, there's no money with, no. no money would match it, you know. We uh, get it all you know? the right. time. We get
3: but, it from emails
4: and messages yeah. you
2: from know? people. Exactly. But I remember mm-hmm. when I was starting out my recovery and when I met with Gillian, my wife, and uh, the relationship she had with Sheila. And then I started linking back in with the cocked in early recovery. Yeah. And uh, I could see like, the relationship people had with Sheila and other staff and, mm. and and the job satisfaction they used to get from people that are coming in the door and rag order and progressing with their lives and yeah. going through courses and colleges and getting married and all these things. It's like, that's why we get into the job. It's not a great paying job. Right. But the satisfaction you get from it, you wouldn't get anywhere else. Not. You Absolutely. Know, like meaningful impact on people, real people. Yeah. You're not making a millionaire CEO richer. That's right. You're actually helping a person. Exactly. And and our
4: family. And, and that's why we do what we do. Exactly, James. Exactly that way, you know. And, um, and I'm blessed, you know, to... Well, like, I mean, I, you know, I later went into construction or back to construction, as it were. After um, the recession. Yeah. Or because yeah. of the recession. Yeah, yeah. Um, I We moved to the UK because things were very bad here, you know, in 2008, 2009. Mm-hmm. And um, I went back into construction and um, I trained in, in sort of site management. And now I work as a a building inspector for a housing trust in London, you know, um, and um, great job, don't get me wrong, you know, um, I, enjoy all, I enjoy all aspects of construction, you know, yeah. and I still go on the tools myself, like, yeah. you know, um, a couple of days a week as well, um, and I, I love it, I enjoy it, and, um, but it's not Cork, mm. it's not home.
3: Yeah. Would you like to be back home? Oh, we'd
4: love it, yeah, we, I Do mean. what's
3: stopping you from coming home, man.
4: There's a number of things, I suppose, Tim. But th- the biggest thing, really, is the accommodation. Yeah, yeah. They, it's very difficult mm-hmm. when you're living in a different country to try and secure accommodation when there is already accommodation in an accommodation crisis. Yeah. yeah, it's very difficult. It's very. I mean, we 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 were playing there. I don't know. I lost count, and we hardly received any replies. Like, you know, is anyone out there with
3: something offside in the country? Anything like that, a door up or ratting, and and uh, I'd say you're handy with your hands. Absolutely. And you're definitely looking, f- looking to come back to Cork and Ireland, aren't you? Jeff? That's right. They yeah. can contact us here and they. Th- yeah, uh,
2: anybody uh, knows, uh, anybody uh, has yeah. something. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Thanks Do lads. You
4: know, yeah. No, great, exactly. by all means, absolutely. You'd be yeah. very, very, very surprised. Yeah, uh, well, well, they can
2: contact you through us and we can link it together. Absolutely. he has got something to come out of right. Well, this is
4: it, and it's not from the want to praying about it, you know? Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, Speaking of praying, yeah. How did you end up getting involved? How did you, you became a born-again Christian?
4: What was the Frank. processor
2: who kind of showed you that path?
4: Yeah, yeah. Well what happened? Um I had a nephew. Um or I have a nephew. Um a shout out to him if you don't mind. Frank. Like Frank. My nephew Frank. Oh, Frank. He, he lives in Canada. Um and he was he was here. He was actually he had moved to Canada and he was back visiting his parents, my brother on um, my sister-in-law, and he was saying to me. Look, would you just come to church with me? And I was saying, look, I'm flying. I'm grand. I'm I'm in recovery. Like, thinking to myself, like, church, you know what I mean? Like, what's, that, what's that about? Like, you know. So man. you know, I was thinking, like, you know. Target. Well, like, I mean, I, I said to myself, like, you know. I mean, here's a guy who never did anything wrong in his life. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he did everything right. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I said, like, sure, what's that place going to have for someone like me? Do you know? Yeah. I mean that's for people like him yeah. yeah do you know that type that was, that was just the sort of mentality that like, yeah. was just you know a, a quick glimpse you know and, uh, and he said to me one day we never asked you for anything and I visited you when you were in Dublin I said you did I'm asking you now he said one thing come to church for me and I couldn't refuse him you know, he had me like, yeah, no, I couldn't... Like, he <laughs> He had me, uh, nowhere, nowhere to go, like, you know.
3: <laughs> so I said, right,
4: go on, go on. He said, pick me up whatever time, you know. And the church I went to was um, a church called Grace Christian Fellowship. They're set up down on McCurton Street now, but at the time they were out in Deer Park School in the gym on a Sunday morning and the nephew picked me up and I went out and this. Place, Jim hall full of people like you know and, and I sat down and, and um, the pastor there uh, Tom Burke he says um, you know he, he started a sermon welcomed people in and big emphasis on worship musical worship which is something that I hadn't experienced before and mm. that was of interest to me you know so I'm looking at this and definitely different mm. and um, he opened the Bible and I had had a dream while I was in prison a few years previous to that and I was on a beach I remember it vividly this is 20 years ago no 25 years ago nearly and I remember it vividly to this day and I was on a beach in the dream and there was a swarm of locusts coming in off the horizon and I could see them coming and I had my hands up blocking my face because they were coming at me in their millions like and they were I could feel them physically hitting the backs of my hands. And I just heard a voice in the dream saying, no, turn your back. And I turned my back. And they went out around me and back off into the horizon out to sea. Right? Vivid dream. What was that about? God knows. I'm sitting out in this church. The pastor opens the Bible. He said, "There, yeah. I believe I have a word for someone here today. He says it's from the Prophet Joel in chapter two. I'm listening I like, just sitting there like and he says The Lord says that He's going to repair the years the locusts have eaten in your life. I nearly fell off the chair. Fuck. I nearly fell off the chair. For the first time in my life, for the rest of that day and week, I think, I was I was silenced. I was quiet. I didn't know what was going on. But I was... There was a quietness came over my whole being, like, internally. And I found My nephew had gone back to Canada midweek and I went out there on my own the following Sunday. And the following Sunday. And I was baptised six months later. And... I was trying to think, how am I going to explain this to the boys now on the podcast, you know? Mm-hmm. What so happened?
2: You're doing a great job at it. You know? You know even when you,
4: when you talk about, about it. You know you know, even when you talk about it,
2: you just go so present, so calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no, like... Because you to the moment. It's unbelievable. Like, I could just see, like, there's no, like, you're not thinking about anything I, you're just reliving it and
4: it's just peace, isn't it? It, it... You know, James, I was, you know, I was trying to think and what actually happened on that day, in that moment, was the only truth I ever heard in my life was confirmed. The truth was confirmed. And what I mean by that is, throughout the Bible, because I've become a student of the Bible now, and, you know, you mentioned Timmy, you're a born again Christian, you know, what's that, mm. you know? And I'm very, very conscious of, it's not the Mark Payton opinion here. It's what, what the biblical scripture and truth says, not what I say. Mm. I will never say the Bible, you know, I I think this or I think that. You know, I have guys coming up to me all the time and say, well, how do you know you're right? What about the Muslims? What about the Buddhists? What about, you know, what about them? And I'd say, exactly. So let's go to the authority. Because I'm not saying I'm right. No more than you're saying you're right. Or he's saying he's right. But what I'm saying is let's look at the authoritative word. Because the Bible declares it is the authoritative word. God breed word, Mm. you know, and, 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 you know, when I, when I, when I talk about biblical truth, you know, you know, I think about the person and the man of Christ, of Jesus Christ, you know, and um, how he declared that he is the way, he is the truth and he is the life, you know, he's the only way to salvation. You know, the, the the Apostle Peter writes about it in, in 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 the book of Acts, that there is no other name given under heaven or on earth by which we must be saved. You know, talking about Jesus, like you know, and um, and 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 you know, there there are so many passages about about truth and 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 you know. when I I looked at that then I was like well what does that mean you know so you know I had a look at it What what is the truth he's talking about you know and the truth he's talking about which I discovered when I started doing a bit of research was he is the truth as lived out by the prophets and what I'm talking about there is I started looking at the Old Testament and then I came across passages like for example, in, 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 in the book of Isaiah, the prophet. And he was writing things like in, in, in chapter 53 where he says, You were wounded for our iniquities and you were pierced for our transgressions. And on you the chastisement of the world has been put. And by your wounds we are healed. And then they discovered he's talking about Jesus. But Jesus wasn't born for another seven 800 years. Mm-hmm. So then they sat back when they started reading that stuff and then they discovered that there was over 300 prophecies in the Old Testament talking about, literally talking about the life, ministry and death of Christ up to anything from from 1500 to um Mike, I think, was the last prophet of the old testament four hundred years before he was born, like. So now I had evidence. As well as this hmm. this
3: makes sense. Everything made sense then to you. Like like all the questions that you would have questioned stopped because you were after all these prophets had said exactly Jesus how Jesus was gonna live his life. Absolutely. Do, yeah?
4: Absolutely, but they were they were, you know, prophesying about the Messiah. They were prophesying. I mean, in the very, very first book of Genesis, I think in, in 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 I think it's in the third chapter. You know, the formation of the world as we know it today. You know, when 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 you know, in the beginning, God created heavens and the earth. Mm. Uh, you know, and and because of the original sin, right, where where the 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 story as it goes is is where. Adam and Eve were disobedient to God in the eat of the apple yeah. you know and 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 God when he was going through the discipline, you know that was going to be doled out for, as a result of disobedience he said like you know as a result man will have to work with his hands for the rest of his for the rest of time like you know you know that women would, would experience pain in childbearing and he said to Satan because of what you've done, her son will bruise his heel on your head. He's talking about Christ,
3: mm-hmm.
4: that he would have to be the only sacrifice for the sin of the world.
2: I was in a couple of uh, Christian-based treatments down through the years, okay. All, and uh there's a two, there's two bits of it, bits of the Bible, chapters of the Bible, or sayings, or mm-hmm. what's the part, what's the term? Is James a gospel? It is, yeah. So the gospel of James, so yeah, was, the, book, the book of James, I yeah. used to be very sharp with my tongue, you know? Okay. I did an answer for everything. I know. And where you're he going. says, James, read James, he says, determine him in it at home. That's right. And he says, Do you know what he says going forward? He says, Instead of being always smart with your response, think about what you're think about what you're saying and how your your quest to be always the smart Alec and how how your life is working out for you because of it. Yeah. And that was always something that stayed at me. And the other one them was uh, Proverbs 3, 5. Yeah. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean that in your own understanding. Jeez, yeah. You have some memory, James. And how I, because of the, because yeah. no way, because it meant something to me. Yeah. And how I interpreted that was like, stop trying to put your will into everything, James. And just trust that if you're a good person, things will work out for you. Yeah? yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, And and stop putting your, and you know what, that took a lot of pressure at me in recovery. Yeah. yeah. It's like, just trust
4: that there's an intelligence out there that'll help you. Yeah? And, and you know, James, <laughs> that's, that's, That's profound, really, because, you know, for, for, for life, like in recovery, like you mentioned there, Proverbs 3, you know, and, and James, um, chapter one, there's life and death in the tongue. You know, you say something, you can't take it back, you know, um, and, 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 you know, we're also advised, like the Bible teaches, like to, to guard your heart.
3: That's a very, very, very powerful sentence, isn't it? You know,
4: guard your heart. Mm -hmm. Because, because, you know, the the King Solomon in, in his Proverbs, he says, guard your heart for out of your heart is the wellspring of life, you know. Mm. And, and when I kind of looked into that a little bit further, like I discovered, like, it's one thing guarding your heart, but you must also guard other people's hearts. Mm. You must also be conscious of what you're saying and how, how, what we say might affect other people, mm. you know, because, the, because of the, again, the taming of the tongue, there's life And death in the tongue. Hmm. James says he was a half brother of Jesus, actually. And that's what he says. There's life and death in the tongue, you know? Life and death in the tongue. Yeah. Be careful of what you say to
2: people. We spoke with uh, Yvonne in the last podcast we did, and we Mm. were talking about the inner dialogue and Mm. how, like, the things we say to ourselves, Mm. we wouldn't dream of saying that to anybody else, how critical we can Mm. be. Right. You know, but, like, that constant negative talk, it it,
3: it manifests itself in your life circumstances. You know what I I mean? Have you still got. That inner dialogue, that negative inner dialogue that you would have had, say, before you became a born-again Christian, Mark, and you really went down the, the road of understanding Christianity and love mm. and and doing right by your fellow man and woman. Mm. Mm. Do you but, still have that or do you understand it a little bit more in depth than what you would have
4: before? I, I, I do, Tim. I, I, I do on both counts, actually, because conversion is a gradual thing. It was very gradual for me very gradual you know i mean i i I'm, I'm not a fella that goes easy like mm. and it took me a long time to surrender to the love of christ you know it took me a long time you know and 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 you know the th- the thing is yes the the inner you know, dialogue it still happens it's still there you know i mean i I'm, I'm still a human being mm. You know, the the conversion process is, is, is a lifetime, is a lifetime gig. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're being transformed into the image of Christ, you know, as a born again believer, you know, that, that, you know, another analogy would be you're in the potter's hands and he'll mold you, you know, as you go in your life. I like that one. You know, he'll mold you into the person that he wants you to be as you go. Mm. It's not an event, you know. It's not an event. It doesn't happen overnight. But, but, what, what, what the mainstay is and what is consistent is that the deeper you develop your relationship with Christ and that can be done just by the daily reading in the Bible or, or, or visiting a church and, and, and listening to the gospel, you know, things like that. That's how you develop your, your relationship with Christ and the consistency that's unwavering right and 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 this is what really attracted me to 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 the faith really and to and to be a follower of Christ is is um is the love of Christ the love of Christ it's unwavering unbreakable everlasting everlasting it never ever ends mm. this life or the next you know it never, ever ends. And, and then I became interested in the person, in the man, in, in Jesus Christ. And, you know, he was, you know, because the, the, the lawmakers and traditionalists of the day were constantly questioning him, um, trying to, you know, trying to strip him up and catch him out. And, and they were saying to him, if my brother does something against me, how many times do you want me to forgive him? Seven times? Ten times? Twenty times? you forgive him, he said, no matter how many times. you forgive him, mm-hmm. no matter how many times he does something against you, you forgive him. Because he said, on the last day, you'll want forgiveness, won't you? Yeah. So remember that. Does your does, does your wife, damn, is she a born-again Christian? She is, well? she is, yeah. Yeah, they said converted as well, um... Lisa converted around um, about twenty ten that way. Did
3: she find it a bit difficult at the beginning, or did um, did did she see the change in you and said, you know what, Mark has so much peace in his life at the moment. Attracted into, I'm, it. I'm really gonna, I'm gonna start going to uh, church and listen
2: and even listening to that, I'm thinking like, I'm sure have a Bible at home, I'm gonna have a look at it today. Yeah,
4: well, oh, that's,
3: but that's I'll give
4: you, one. Uh, don't. you know, I mean, the thing, look, you know the. I mean, it's a personal relationship. Yeah, I mean, like people, I get it all the time. Like, what's the difference between what's the difference between a Catholic and a Christian, and you know, I get, I get all these questions. And do people try to take a piss as well. Uh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, but that's that's life. But that this is your belief, and this is this is your thing. One hundred percent. But like, I mean, again, I would actually love to
3: have that. Yeah, and and I don't. I, I'm not being smart no. anyway, but. I can see how passionate and how much peace yeah. you have in your life, and and yeah. most people would love to have that yeah. much faith in Christ. But a lot of people are still they still have that real, real thick mm. armor over the heart. That's right, and, and it needs to be worn down and broke a little bit more than right. before they. And, and you only you said it well ago. It took you a long, long time to surrender.
4: Absolutely, and surrender. Absolutely, and
3: that that acceptance they're key. They're key to having what you have.
4: I mean, Timmy, me, and that's it. You know, I mean, right again. Like you know, it's 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 you know, it is a process. Like you know, but you know, like like again, Solomon the King wrote in 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 his, I suppose his memoir, really in Ecclesiastes, like that. God placed eternity in the hearts of men, he mm-hmm. said, you know. And 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 what he talks about throughout that chapter, I think it's chapter three. It's a very good read, actually. He's talking about men never being satisfied. Like, you know, another passage says two things that are never, never satisfied. Like in the world, the eyes of man and the grave. You know, and you know, God placed eternity in the hearts of men, so that we that know. Makes sense to me. We know, we know, so that we know that there is. We're 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 not home here. You know, mm. we are not home. Eternity is our home. You know, and that's why man is restless. That's why man wants to dominate his fellow man. This is why we have war in in the world and what all that's going on at the moment. This is why guys aren't satisfied. They want more. They want a nicer car, a nicer house, a nicer pair of shoes, you know, and all of that.
3: We're running away from the stillness. You know. We're running away from the calmness, the love. You know. Because we can't sit like you were when you were younger. 100%. Like I was when I was. You know, I can still be like that on any given day. You know, I'm never not perfect. And mm-hmm. we all, me and James always like clarify that. We don't have it down to tea. We're not perfect. We still have our fucking struggles like everybody else. And you, maybe never, Jay, you never you know? get
2: a certificate to say nah. you're cured. Go on about your day. Uh, abso- abso- <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. absolutely, still working on it.
4: Absol- yeah, absolutely. On it. And I'm glad you said that because, as I said, you know, conversion, you know. and And look, I get it. Convert, like, it's not for everybody, I get that, you know, and, and people, you know, and I respect people's opinions and I respect how people want to live, absolutely, you know, but, you know, I mean, the thing about it is like, you know, it, you know, yes, I have a whole lot more peace than what I ever had in my life, right, Um, but, but am I without my flaws, I mean, do I have bad days, you know, absolutely, mm-hmm. do I say things I wish I hadn't, absolutely, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean, of course, I, you know, I'm a human being, like, exactly. you know, and, um, but, but are they less than what they used to be? Absolutely. Mm. You know, am I a better guy than what I used to be? 100%, yeah. you know, and, and, and I'll take that. I'll take that. You know, I, my, my eldest sister, like, who, you know, who I love dearly, like, you know, um, she gave me a birthday card there, like, you know, and, uh, do you know, she said to me, like, on, on the birthday card, like, I'm so proud of the man you've become, like, and, nice, isn't it? And That's amazing! Like, yeah. for me to hear that from her, mm-hmm. like you know, do you know, because she really, you know, she really tried with me, like you know, yeah. her, my whole life. And um what's her sister's name? Her name is Sheila. Hi, Sheila. Yeah. Hi, Hi Sheila. Sheila. You know, she's a great woman, like you know, and uh, for yeah. to be able to say something like that consciously,
3: like you can understand how she is a great woman.
4: Absolutely. She's she has her own in depth kind yeah. of. God as well, you can see she has it. Yeah, you know, and um, so I'll take that, you know. I'll take yeah. that any day, like, you know. Brilliant. And, and it's uh, a, listen, it's a great way to close up the podcast on <laughs> a lovely
3: positive note like that. And happy 50th birthday. Happy 50 thanks birthday. Much, thanks very much. You'll love. be 50 in six weeks. When this goes all right, yeah, that- <laughs> yeah okay. Uh, okay. Uh, but we're recording a few in advance so we can take a few months
2: <laughs> yeah. off in the summer. Yeah, yeah, but, uh, good, yeah. A few months, but uh, yeah. it was a pleasure talking to you. We got through yeah. so much there, yeah. yeah, and I hope you're happy. really, we really well, yeah. You know, and you're a great advertisement for recovery and you know, to show the pathway for people that's in prison at the moment who yeah. are struggling, and you found something that's after helping you mm. and it's through the church, it's through Christ, as you said. Yeah. And that's an option for people. Absolutely. And other people might like it, but other people will. That's right. And it's there if you want it. Go and try it. What's the worst that can happen?
4: Absolutely. And if I could, if I could just finish, James yeah. and Timmy, and just to say thanks so much, you know, it's a real privilege. I feel privileged to be here, you know, because of, I, you know, I'm a big fan of the podcast and I watch it all the time from, from home in the UK, like, you know, and, um, You know, I can't reinforce enough, you know, what what this is doing for people and and and, you know, lifting the stigma and and and, you know, for for past mistakes and giving people opportunities, you know, like myself, like to to to, I suppose, present the full picture, like, you know, as it is and um, and and the promotion of education and the promotion of healthy lifestyles and and you two guys, you know, in your in your own right like the inspiration that you are to me and I've no doubt counts, c- countless others like you know and that and my prayer is that you know that that will continue here in Cork like you know for guys you know that are you know maybe not so lucky at the moment you know and and um, and, and thanks thank you, thank you man thank you so much I really enjoyed this chat with
3: you and um, you're an amazing guy right? and just keep doing what you're doing you know, and um, hopefully you'll find a home here in Cork very soon. Thanks, yeah, yeah.
2: Thanks, Mark. God bless, everyone. See everybody next week. God bless. Hold <laughs>
0: up.